0: You're listening to the Gratefully Nourished Podcast, a podcast about healing your relationship with food and body image with Jesus at the center. I'm your host and registered dietitian, Alyssa Pike. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast book club for Sacred Rhythms. Kylie Mitchell is back again, and we're going to talk about chapter four today, which is about prayer. And I have to be honest, I wrote pretty much the entire chapter in my notes so i'm curious where we should start
1: kylie yeah um i think the first thing i wanted to say is i'm noticing after we record these episodes for the next couple of days i feel like satan is so loud in my head being like who do you think you are trying to do this like you don't know mm-hmm. anything about anything like why do you think you're equipped to be having these conversations and having other women listen to them. and so I wanted just to put that out there because it's been so loud for like the 20 the 48 hours after recording these and then it you know it dwindles away. Um, but I did want to say that. Um, as I was reading this chapter, the first thing that came up was like my experience with prayer kind of throughout my life and how it's transformed. Because like growing up, I grew up Lutheran, and prayer was very um, repetitive. Um, like we said, the Lord's Prayer, the prayer we said before dinner, there was two different prayers we would say. Um, prayer was never it was just repeated. I felt like it wasn't like from the heart um, or based on like current needs and and struggles. It was just kind of like a blanket prayer um, and a lot of memorization and repeating back. And then over time, my prayer has become much more personal. And I really look forward to my like, like quiet time prayers with the Lord that are just like intimate between he and I, but I still really struggle with praying out loud in community. Um, And I like that she touched on that in here and that gave me some good things to think about, but that's um, those are kind of some of my initial thoughts on this chapter. What about you? Mm, Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that, especially
0: feeling like the enemy is coming for you after this because I've definitely felt that as well and um it always just reminds me of like the lies I think that come like that's his main method I suppose um or at least the method that I'm most familiar with so I think it's helpful to just say that out loud so that other people can be like you know this is a lie and here's the truth and the truth is that this is helpful for you and i to talk through and we know that other people find it helpful and so i think that's important but um related to what uh, what the other thing you said about kind of growing up and your experience with prayer i think it reminds me a little bit of what she was talking about um like the progression of prayer so when we're new in christ we kind of feel like we know how to pray and then as we grow in our relationship with Christ, we realize that we don't and we're just kind of beginning each day. And so I think that there's a place for kind of like the more structured prayers and more wordy prayers that kind of lead us along that path. And then I really liked what she talked about where She says, eventually there comes a time when prayer just doesn't work like it used to. And so this can be really traumatic because we are so tender. (laughs) And so it can sometimes send us spiraling into doubt about, you know, am I doing this wrong? Have I fallen off the path? But this is actually our deeper invitation to this transition in our life of prayer and our relationship with God. And so We move away from maybe mostly words to more communion, uh, which is primarily beyond words. And so I think that's the place that I've been at for a while, but I'm glad that she gave me kind of language for it because I have totally felt like this isn't working. Like, I don't know how to pray. (laughs) I don't know what to do. And I just again like her words are always so comforting to me to make it seem like, okay, you're not the only one that has gotten to this place and maybe it's actually a good thing that you're progressing and I don't know. So I'm I'm thinking about that. And then she had this analogy of um the human soul like a plant that's become pot bound. So we're the roots are searching for nutrients and similarly the human soul gets to a point where it's ready for a more spacious way to pray one that provides more room for the mystery of growth in intimacy with god and so again it's just this longing for something more which i think we've talked about a few weeks now um it it seems to be a theme that's kind of carrying through the entire book
1: yeah i thought that metaphor was really good too the like a, a plant in a pot where the nutrients get used up you know we too can begin to long for more spaciousness in our prayer life and i think that's what happened you know for me when i transitioned from just the kind of set prayers that we prayed consistently in my childhood to how i pray now which i still like some of those set prayers um there's one andrew's mom said cuz i knew andrew in high school and so i've heard his mom pray this prayer for forever and Um, Andrew's mom is like a fantastic chef and just like just great food. But one of the things she always says when she prays before a meal um, is may this food nourish our body so we may better serve you. And I've always just really loved that. And even um, like that is still a prayer, I will say, before our meals, just because I think it's so (laughs) aligned with like eating disorder recovery, caring for our body a healthy and, um, like true view of like what we're supposed to like be, you know, um, using food for. And so I think some of those prayers can be, um, still really, really great, but, but yeah, like what you were saying, like we get to this place beyond words sometimes with our, our prayers and it's not about necessarily what we say. It's just spending time with God and communing with him. Um, I think one of the things that's hard for me about praying in community with other um brothers and sisters in Christ is just that it's so it takes so much effort for me to put my thoughts into words. It's not like this like effortless thing that happens for me. And in this chapter she said you know, in our prayer life, I can't remember how she worded it, but we can get rest from trying to put everything into words. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that because like, and some of this might be some social anxiety. I'm not really sure what it is, but like in community prayer, um, my mind can just go blank. Like I I become aware of like I'm trying to think of something or I'm trying to say something and my mind just goes blank and then I have nothing to say. And then it's just like, you know, very stressful. And I feel like I can end up just kind of like heaping up these empty phrases because I'm just like so dysregulated. Um but I was even thinking about this that this morning in in preparing for this like God knows I'm trying. He knows I'm not just like keeping up these empty phrases like, you know, and these are women who I'm praying with who um, they love me and I'm safe with them. And I think I will grow in my praying in front of them. But there's just such like powerful, bold women that I just I love having them pray over me. Like even last night one of um the other moms was we have a small group on sunday nights and she was praying and like there were some kids screaming so maybe this is why that happened but she like kind of crescendoed like her prayer and it just got like louder and louder and more bold and powerful and it was just like very like emotional and and awesome um and so i i don't know there's this that's really what came up for me in this chapter though it's like you know, I do want to grow in praying in community because I think that's powerful and, and not just like being a, a listener and observer, which I think is fine. But I would like to also feel safe enough to like pray in front of and for these women. Um, and I I've noticed something in myself just with being married, like I rarely give encouragement Um not because I think other people aren't doing a good job, but because like, it's more of a self-worth issue in myself. Like, um, like why would someone want or benefit from encouragement from me? And that's such a attack from the enemy. Um, because like, of course I have encouragement to give. And I think that kind of falls over into my prayer life and community with others though. Cause I'm like, I don't have anything worth, worth saying. and so. I think that's just something I'm still kind of navigating and trying to figure out like um, just what my prayer life in community with others looks like. um, Because that's still something just like really, really new to me.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I think, you know, when I think about my own experience, I think I can sometimes be hesitant to pray for others because I think I'm not going to say the right words. And so I found it really encouraging for her to say that intercessory prayer is more about recognizing that we do not know how to pray for others or ourselves for that matter, but the Holy Spirit knows. And so I think it can be really helpful and it can take a lot of the pressure off when we go to pray for others and we just use less words. <laughs> like, again, and I have so much, like, I'm always in awe of people who can pray for me. And, you know, exactly what you're saying, like, they have this powerful boldness to their prayers. And I think that that maybe can just come with time, but I think it can be really helpful to just be like, okay. I'm going to pray and it's okay if I can't formulate all my words right now. Um, and I know that God can still use, you know, me going back to maybe some of the, the fear or the lie that comes up for you, which is like, who would want my encouragement? Um, because I don't know, I feel like every time I've ever prayed for people and it's never, <laughs> like it's not usually this like magnificent prayer there's always so much gratitude that I see that that they have just for being seen and heard and like acknowledged and so yeah I like the idea of of maybe using less words even initially or permanently whatever that looks like and just really relying on the Holy Spirit to guide us because I know for me I think at some point in this chapter she talked about. um Just the idea that intimacy with God and in our prayer life requires risk, and it requires that we kind of let go of control of what we think this prayer is going to look like. And also, I have a tendency, I think, to kind of strive, or I can have a tendency to strive with my prayers and, and feel like I need to say the right thing and I need to like, you know, say exactly the need that they have and again that's kind of putting me back in control when i need and i want god to be in control does that make sense
1: Hmm. yeah it, it what came to my mind is almost like relaxing like into the prayer to allow the holy spirit to come through like i think i can end up i'm just very easily dysregulated and when that happens my mind goes blank and i feel like there's um i don't know if this is true or not but there's these barriers to the holy spirit like coming through if i don't feel feel safe like the physical manifestations of what happens inside my body it just like shuts down all executive functioning and thought and um i i think it just takes me a really long time to feel comfortable and safe with people and so Um, and I'm also really not like a very verbose person. Like I, I'd rather not talk most of the time. And like, even in like my, well, I wouldn't say that I was going to say in my marriage, like we don't need to talk all the time. Like communication is important, but like Andrew holding my hand during a moment he knows is difficult for me or something like is going to be more powerful than trying to put the perfect words to it. Just like his, his presence. Um, I think it's kind of the same with God for me. It's like, just, just his presence is what I want. And I think it's like, there's still benefit to praying with words. It's just not as easy for me. Um, and I think, you know, my, my favorite, prayers these days are ones where um there's a lot of silence from me and it's typically just like a, i need help lord like i don't even know like can you guide me and then there's usually a visualization that comes to my thoughts of like like god on his knees like next to me um with with an arm around me and i just like think about that like it's not it, it no words are being said it's just like this moment of like comfort for me and so I I don't know we're all, we're all different you know some people love words and some people are so extroverted and mm-hmm. um prayer is powerful and for sure wonderful but I think lately that has been my favorite kind of prayer um mm-hmm. what about you like that might be a weird question but is there like I don't know what kind of prayer you feel like is like most uh, this isn't the right word but like effective for you or or helpful lately Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I mean I think well first I think exactly what you're talking about is kind of what she's talking about in this chapter of just like moving past words and into just uh where does she say it she says um like we we move from just knowing about God and talking about God to actually experiencing God with Mm -hmm. this kind of prayer that has less words or maybe just has a few words. And we can talk about the breath prayer too, which is a little bit further in this chapter. But I would say for me lately, it has been less words. Um, And I think that that's hard for me because I have a tendency to be so performance-based like, I'm just like, God, are you sure this is okay with you? Like, I'm barely saying anything. I'm literally just sitting here. <laughs> and it's like really jarring for me to be like, oh, like God actually is okay with that. And, and so I think in the last couple of months or maybe even longer, I've just like had to reframe what I think prayer even looks like. And so a lot of times in the morning, I'll just like recently I'll wake up and I'll literally just kind of sit for a while. Um, I might read a chapter in one of the gospels or usually a psalm. I like to read the psalms Um, and I'll just kind of sit and wait. And we talked about like Lectio Divina, maybe the last chapter and And so I've done that a few times, but, yeah, it's been a lot less productive for lack of a better word, which feels very strange to me, but I think that's like the point <laughs> for me to just um recognize that I'm not going to prayer so that I can like produce something or earn the love of God. I'm actually going to prayer to commune with God, and I know I'm like skipping way ahead, but I really liked what she said toward the end of the chapter where she says all of life is prayer and the other spiritual disciplines are just other forms of praying because I was thinking about that and I was like yeah that that makes so much sense like when we're in silence and solitude we're really just doing this kind of no words prayer you know we're we're just being with God listening to the Holy Spirit when we're doing Lectio Divino we're kind of praying through the scripture and seeing what God says. And so that made a lot of sense to me. And so, yeah, I think the thing that is sticking out to me a lot is just the idea that this kind of prayer really goes against our kind of Western culture that is so focused on producing and learning and just having like a tangible outcome Whereas here, like that just may not happen. We may just sit with God and that could be it. And so it's actually very encouraging and relaxing. I think you said, (laughs) like, it feels really nice to wake up and not have this like list of things I feel like I have to do, but it's more like, here I am with God and I can just,
1: and like, that's enough.
0: And that's really weird for me, (laughs) honestly. Mm Mm-hmm
1: yeah it's kind of like i I will meet with God, but I will be detached from the outcome, like I will let Him guide what comes out of this, and so it's I don't know, it's interesting, and like what's coming to my mind is actually like um this has not been thought through if you have little kids around, maybe put in earbuds. Um, but like intimacy with a spouse, like even, um, like, (laughs) like having an orgasm, like you, you have to be relaxed and feel safe and, and comfortable. And for some reason, like that, that's kind of what's coming to my mind. Like this, like physical, um, God created joyful experience, um, that can happen within the context of a marriage that is so wonderful when it happens within the context of a marriage. Um, it's like this, this spiritual force though, instead of this physical, like joyful thing, it's like this spiritual, wonderful thing, um, that you can have access to. Um, and I know in this chapter, she talked about like spiritual poverty and, um, I think that's interesting, because I can be so and have been in the past, less so now, but still because I'm a sinner and always will be, um but so focused on having physical needs met and like feeling comfortable um, that uh, spiritual poverty, it's like I will not have physical poverty, <laughs> like I will not be uncomfortable, like i even this morning. I, I was kind of like realizing like I think a lot of um like one of the other masters I try to serve is like this master of like comfort like I want to be comfortable constantly um and that's really hard for me to like have any deprivation from comfort but with spiritual deprivation like it it's still like easier for me to be okay with the spiritual deprivation and the physical deprivation, if, if that makes sense. But like, I don't know, all this stuff is like, it's so intimate and that's something like my church growing up, like it's just not something that um, I felt like was encouraged, like this level of intimacy with Christ. And like, it's so wonderful. And like, the more I experience it, the, the more I want it. Like it's just, it's so fantastic to like get to experience god's peace in the midst of like such a broken world that we have to keep interacting with on a daily basis that's like so painful and terrible sometimes but like i don't know i just i'm so grateful for how intimate prayer is um and i wasn't expecting to talk about orgasms but like for some reason like that's how intimate this feels like it just it feels like such a sacred um experience that like I'm just really grateful we have access to this side of heaven it just seems like such a a part of, like a clear demonstration of Christ's love for us like that we we get to have that this side of heaven
0: yeah and I think like it's At the same time that it's wonderful it's very terrifying at times because it requires so much intimacy Mm. and i think another theme that like has been woven through is is just the idea of having to be able to recognize your own needs so that you can present them before god and even be able to like understand what it is that you're experiencing if that makes sense. And, or even just to know like what you need. And and so what, as she was talking about this breath prayer, which I've heard, I've heard about before and I've practiced a little, but it, it's not something that has been as foundational as she kind of describes it as. Um, and so essentially breath prayer is powerful because it is an expression of our heart's deepest yearning coupled with the name for God that is most meaningful and intimate for us at this time. And so I think, again, it, it requires us to be aware of what that deepest yearning is. Like sometimes we don't even know. And so I have found it helpful in moments of anxiety or fear or just overwhelm to kind of take a few moments and, and, to a breath prayer that really brings me back to God's presence, and so I'm curious if you have um, have used a breath prayer or if this is kind of newer, um, or what your what your thoughts were on that.
1: Yeah, one <clears throat> one church we went to when we were first married, um, it was very relational based, and the pastor would talk about breath prayers and how he presented it was really just um kind of inhale like I need you God exhale God I need you I need you God God I need you and that was kind of like his that he would fall into um if I become too aware of my breath, I get really panicky. Like deep breathing that isn't linked to movement of some kind or sensory brushing, um, really dysregulates me. And so, I think I would be more inclined to do like, uh, like a, a a stretch that maybe kind of I don't even know what this pose is called, but like, um, just kind of some stretch that's really rhythmic, like breath that you can just do that's super gentle and then I would say the prayer because like that would ground me and keep me from getting dysregulated physically and allow I feel like space for like me to be more present with the Holy Spirit um and I know I can get really black and white when like I'm like no like spiritual everything has to come between anything physical movement related ever and it's just like well Unfortunately, that's not how my body works, so that's that's not going to work out. Um, so that's kind of my thought on breath prayer. What about you? Hmm, interesting. I mean, I think it could
0: work just the same to be doing come, some kind of stretch as you're doing this breath prayer. Um, to me, I, I guess I focus less on the actual breath part, and it's more just like like – It could be like, Father, here I am. Um, Father, there you are. Like, it'll just kind of be this, like, somewhat repetitive, like, and of course I'm breathing because I'm breathing all the time. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) But, but, you know, if that that feels like it's going to be dysregulating, then I think it could be less about the breathing and more about the phrase I don't know I'm mm-hmm. I'm sort of just speaking out loud here um but yeah. I mean, I know that it's been helpful for me especially when because I have a tendency to um what's the word <laughs> um jump to worst case scenario that's probably like <laughs> a gentle way to put it.
1: catastrophic thinking put me down yeah. to that one too yep <laughs> yeah yeah um I was trying
0: to think about this the other day. I was like, catastrophizing? Is that a word? I don't think that's a word. I think it's just catastrophic. it totally is.
1: I, <laughs> my mom was always like, if you know what it means, it's a word. But I actually think that is a word.
0: <laughs> I was like, catastrophizing, catastrophizing. I don't know. Whatever. You know what I mean? I, I have a tendency to do that. And so in those moments, um, that's where I find just having a phrase to center myself back to God. Um, This is something that I've worked on for a long time, just because I really do tend to jump to worst case scenario. And I will look back on the situation like two hours later and I'm like, Alyssa, what, what, like, what were you doing? (laughs) Um, And so, or actually I've, I've had moments where I'll wake up from, um a nightmare and I like won't even realize it but I've like started praying like already oh, that's and it's usually tough. just something really um simple also I don't know if that plane is me or you but I hear a plane <laughs>
1: it's probably... I don't know I, I don't hear a plane so oh, maybe
0: it's okay. you great anyway um so yeah I think I think that's where I'm at with that and Again, that's I interesting.
1: Like, yeah, it takes it, like, time. Yeah, it, it makes me think of like, um, like with your nightmares and you wake up and you're already praying. Like, for so long, my thoughts had like so much power over me, and I think that's why I was really scared of like scary movies, which I still don't watch. But like, even if I saw like a scary image or like a preview for a scary movie, it would really affect me. Um, and now I just can pray, like, God, this, this is make believe this is not true. Um, Like help protect my thoughts and help me rely back on feelings. I think that kind of, it's nice when we can automatically feel like we have those neural pathways in our brain now that just take us straight to God. Like, that's cool. I think it's, it's so nice.
0: Yeah, and it's, um, yeah, I don't know, just the Holy Spirit living inside of us. <laughs> it's, um, it's a gift, yeah. But I was thinking maybe I could read the practice like I have before, but before I do that, is there anything else that we missed that we want to talk
1: about? Um, I think we did pretty good. The only things on my mind are like, I did like the, the practice she mentioned. And I'll say before you read it, like the the word for God that came to my mind was healer. Cause I can be so like, what tool do I need to fix this for myself? Mm-hmm. And so um, when I was reading that practice, I was like, he, he's the healer. And so thinking of like, how could I bring in a breath prayer with him identified as, as healer. Um, and then I'm kind of also thinking just like, about my own personal growth with community prayer and just like going forward. I think the reminder I needed and got from this chapter that was that like prayer in front of others isn't performative because I can be very repulsed by like me being performative or others being performative um which you know that's just it is how I was brought up like my mom is like a very humble does not need recognition um for much just like does things cuz it's the right thing to do um and i think if i can remind myself like this isn't performative this is done in love of a sister in christ to like pray over her right now um i think that could be helpful for me so i'm just like kind of thinking like what are my next steps with prayer here and i think that's the one for me but yeah. other than that those are all my closing thoughts
0: yeah i like that a
1: lot that makes a lot of sense to me. Okay.
0: So as people probably know by now, at the end of every chapter, there's a little section called the practice. And this is just, I guess, putting this spiritual discipline into practical application. And so I'm going to read this, and one thing I want to say is she says this kind of immediately. She's like, there's several components to this practice, so it could take one day or it could take a week. So don't rush. Take as long as you need to feel that your breath prayer really captures your heart's deepest need or desire at this time. Begin by spending time quietly in God's presence, allowing yourself To settle into that beyond words, place of comfort and intimacy, receptivity, and restful repose. Then imagine Jesus calling you by name and asking blank, what do you want? It may help you to go back to your reflections on desire from chapter one. Allow your truest answer to this question to come up from your heart and express this to God. If it helps, you can begin by writing the following phrase in your journal and then letting your response flow. God, what I most want from you right now is work with the words or the phrase that comes until you feel that it captures your desire as truly as possible right now. This word or phrase will become the heart of your breath prayer. Choose your favorite image or image for God as you are relating to him right now, such as God, Jesus, Father, Creator, Spirit, breath of life, Lord, shepherd, whatever best captures your sense of who God is to you at this point in your relationship. My most meaningful name for God is... Now combine your name for God with the expression of your heart's desire. Place it where it is easy, easiest to say in the rhythm of your breathing. If various possibilities come, write them down and eliminate or combine until you have a prayer of about six to eight syllables that flows smoothly when spoken aloud and captures the core of your deepest yearning for wholeness and well-being in Christ. Your breath prayer could be a phrase from a biblical prayer or a scripture passage. Just make sure it is short enough that it prays easily in the rhythm of your breathing. Once you have chosen your breath prayer, pray it into the spaces of your day. When you're waiting, when you're worried and anxious, when you're needing some sense of God's presence, over time, learn to pray it underneath all the other thoughts and words that swirl around you you throughout your daily interactions. In times of solitude, pray this prayer as a way of entering into silence and of bringing your mind back to your desire when it begins to wander. And that's how you do the breath prayer. So thanks everyone for joining us for chapter four. And we'll be back next week for chapter five.